How you doing, Super Scoreboard fans? This is Stephen Mill from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. If you like what you hear from this week's episode, you can subscribe to our very own channel by searching for the Big Scottish Football Podcast via your regular podcast provider. Or you can give us a follow on Twitter as well, at Big Football Scott. You can get us on Facebook and Instagram. And thank you again for taking the time to listen to our latest episode. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How you doing, Mr Cameron? You oh, right? I'm walking on cloud nine. Scotland beating England in the Calcutta Cup in the rugby. That was fantastic. I know this is a Scottish football podcast, but we have to reference the rugby, surely. Wash your mouth out with soap. What? Rugby. On this podcast. Never do that again. Never do that again. But it was a monumental day. It was historic. And I'm on cloud nine. <sighs> the Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Welcome to episode 28 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How are you doing, Mr Cameron? I'm all right. You're right, good weekend. That's yeah, a very good weekend. Excellent. I'm clearly not allowed to talk about what happened on Saturday night. What happened on Saturday night? Well, am I allowed to say? The rugby. Scotland <sighs> beating England in the Calcutta Cup at Twickenham. I was on the train going home watching the game on my, my phone and uh, there was a guy sat next to me who was watching the game with me. It was uh, quite a joyous occasion. What are you doing, mate? You just asked me what I was doing at the weekend. The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Welcome to episode 28 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. How you doing, Ewan? You okay? Yes, I'm very good. I had a lovely weekend. Good. And you I watched, watched I watched the telly. You watched the telly. Good I watched stuff. The telly. Do you know what I watched on the telly? Can I tell you what I watched on the telly? What did you watch? Do you know the Seinfeld comedy thing from America? Yes. Do you know Seinfeld? Uh-huh. Have you watched all nine seasons? I haven't, no. Have you watched season four? No. Episode 11? No. The Contest? Right, no. Right. Have you seen it? Yep. Producer Callum has seen it? Yep. Um, can I... With that... Okay. How do I describe this without saying what it is? Okay, I know how you do it. I know how you do it. So... Episode 11, season four, Seinfeld. The four main characters are Jerry, George, Kramer, and Elaine. George comes into the diner where they're meeting for breakfast. George sits down. He can see he's in a bad mood. They go, what's wrong with you, George? He goes, my mum just caught me doing it. Mm. It. Yeah. Because Americans and American sitcoms always try and find an ingenious way to talk about adult material without saying the words. Yes. Right. So he got caught doing it. Yeah. So they all kind of laugh and he says, I am never doing it ever again. That's it. I'm never doing it again because my mum's in hospital. She's hurt her back after seeing what she saw. She fell over, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Jerry says to George, you're at it because you're going to be doing it in the next couple of hours. And then George leans forward and says to Jerry, I bet you can last longer than you. So the four of them then have a bet amongst themselves to see who would last longer without doing it. Yes. Who would be the master of their domain? Mm-hmm. So they all have a little bet. But there's a woman named Elaine who's part of the, the four. Yeah. And they say to her, hold on a wee second. It's easy for you. For us men, it's part of our DNA. We have to do it. Mm-hmm. So she has to put double the money up when they make the bet. 
So I was just wondering while I was watching that, I was thinking about us three, right? <laughs> it got me thinking. Okay. Um, I know you've not long to go here on the podcast, um, intern Callum. But Spoiler you, alert. I know, but we'll talk about it another time. But do you think between now and next Monday, let's, let's us three see if we can see who can last the longest? <laughs> do you not fancy get my microphones up? The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Welcome along to episode 28 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and him, Ewan Cameron. In today's episode, we'll look back at the results from the Premiership and the rest of the SPFL after another weekend where the bottom four teams in the top flight begin to get cut adrift. We'll also address the video assistant referee decisions in VARWTF and we'll find out the answers of if Scottish football were a car. We'll set up next weeks as well. Remember, you can find us on all your usual podcast providers and on Twitter at BigFootballScot and we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. Just search for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Right, let's get stuck into today's episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast and where would you like to begin with the football at the weekend, Ewan Cameron? First of all, I've been known to last a month Right, get cool. to the football. Uh, right, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> That's why you walk that way. <laughs> also, I definitely want a VAR check on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <for this. laughs> yeah, ex- Let's go straight for it. <laughs> Willie Collum assessing Ewan. <laughs> why does it have to be Willie Collum? I don't know. It's the first person that came in my head. Uh, right, okay. Was it in the box or was it not? Who knows? <laughs> right. Uh, let's actually talk about the football. Right, let, um, so we're going to go in chronological order. Are we going to pick up on the midweek games from last week and then into nah, the weekend? Do you want to avoid done. that? It's been done. But there was, can we talk about, I take it we'll get to the um, the, the elbow from McCrory. We'll do that uh, later Yeah, we'll we, do we, we don't talk about Hearts versus Rangers at Tynecastle. Oh no, we want to talk about that, absolutely. We are going to end on Wednesday night Rangers' hopes of catching Celtic for the league title. It ends on Wednesday at Tynecastle. Rangers, be prepared to lose on Wednesday night against Hearts. We are going to beat Rangers because we owe them one. Hearts are going to pump Rangers on Wednesday night. Just stop it. Hearts nil, Rangers three on Wednesday night. You and Cameron, what happened there then? Intern Callum, you're a wanker. (laughs) Feel free to beep that, my mate, you prick. Why are, you, why are you bringing that up? Because if you're going to say stupid things, That's you have to deal with the thing. consequences. I was confident at the well, time. It was a stupid thing because it ended Hearts nil, Rangers 3. But, and it could have been about 10. But up to that day, Hearts were nine games unbeaten. We were in a yep. brilliant run of form. I know yep. Rangers were as well, but we yep. were at home under the floodlights at Tynecastle. I really... Why, why do you always say <laughs> under the floodlights? <laughs> you say that all the time. Because there under is a, the floodlights. There, a, makes there, no difference. No, it does. It, it, do- it really well, does. It didn't last Wednesday. No, it but, finished 3 0 Rangers. Right. Generally speaking, right, there is something special about playing a game under the floodlights. Is there? That is there? Is there? Aye, in the 1950s there was something <laughs> unique about it because nobody had floodlights. But in 2023 there is zero. When I played semi-professional football, right, yeah. it was all very nice and great to, to kick a ball in the park at three o'clock in an afternoon. But see when you got to play under under the, the floodlights, floodlights yeah. 
there was something quite special about it. There was a crackling little atmosphere. What is the there? boys were up for it. Is there? There is so. I'm telling you. See when you turn up for a European game. Oh, but right, okay, Ibrox right. or Celtic under the floodlights, the noise. It's made such a difference to Rangers' European campaign. And it, in fact, Celtic's European campaign. No, it didn't. It didn't. They, they both got on great yeah, at okay. home this year, didn't they? It, for me, anyway, whenever I turn up to a game under floodlights, I always think there's something special about it. Right? I don't know what it is, but it called, just feels like that. I mean, I agree. I think electricity is an amazing invention. <laughs> the light bulb uh-huh. was fantastic. Okay. So I was buzzing, right? I couldn't get tickets for the game. It sold out. It was like a 4,000 waiting list for hearts. You, you could watch on telly, though. Pay-per-view. Yeah. So I paid twelve ninety nine pay-per-view to hearts. So um, Under the floodlights. Me and my boy sat in front of the telly. And that opening... Did, did you have the big light on? To recreate the under the floodlight sort of feeling, and you're now being sarcastic. No, I'm not. No, you are. Um, and we sat there, and we were sat there open mouthed during that game. I was in disbelief, not at just how we played, but also the team setup. It was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Before the game, I'd said to my pals, "I think we're going to go with a back four, a sitting two, a three and a one." And I thought it was going to be Toby Sibick in alongside Snodgrass. And then a three in front of him, a Shankland, Ginelli, and who was the other Qual? boy? Qual, no, Qual up front. I thought Qual would be up front. But, and, oh, it was Barry Mackay. So I thought it was going to be the, the back four, and then Sibic and uh, Snodgrass in the middle with a three just in front of them of Shankland, Ginelli, and Mackay with Qual up front. And he had Qual in his field with Barry Mackay alongside Snodgrass. Snodgrass was outnumbered. And Rangers ran riot. They pressed us real high. They didn't give didn't give us an inch on the ball, and they thoroughly deserved their win. So fair play to them. I thought they were brilliant on the night. So, Hearts, though, hopefully they've learned from their mistakes. To go back to the original point, under the floodlights at Tyne Castle, was it Rangers being inspired by playing under the floodlights, or was it Hearts wilting under the pressure of playing under the floodlights? I think what inspired Rangers to play as well as they did is the comments of Robbie Nielsen ahead of the game talking about how they're looking up and they're looking to put pressure on Rangers and Celtic in the, the years to come. What the comments of uh, Ewan Cameron before the game? Mm-hmm. That was built on the fact that Robbie Nielsen had said ah, right, okay. that we're looking up and not looking down. But do you blame him saying stuff no, like that? Though? No, because he's right to say that. And he, and he had a big game coming up under the floodlights against Rangers. Yeah, right, you are really taking the piss now. And, and, I'm not, I'm, and if, I, if, it, if this is the way the podcast is going to go from here on in, you keep restarting the show, but you don't want me to talk about an egg-shaped ball. You don't want me to talk about what I did at the weekend. And now you're taking a piss because I talk about how playing football under floodlights is a different game I've to playing during the day. One final question for you about Go the floodlights, right? And then I'll drop it. See, during the winter, uh-huh. sometimes the first half is played with not floodlights <laughs> and then the second half is played uh-huh. under floodlights because just because it's quite dark, dark in Scotland yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. do you think often the second half of games <laughs> there's that crackling atmosphere because they have to switch on the floodlights you actually hear the crowd roar when the yeah. floodlights mm-hmm. come they on because they, they get excited yeah because they're like oh my god lights lights yeah, yes we <laughs> can see what's happening now yeah exactly so uh, brilliant stuff uh, anyway let's move on to the weekend's matches because I just wanted to dig you up about that basically so we'll start with Aberdeen we'll do it in alphabetical order 3-1 winners against Motherwell and Barry Robson gets his first win in interim charge um, Motherwell on the other hand Honking, <gasps> heading for the championship. Not one since. Double check this intern, Callum. I think the 29th of October in the league. Small. 
Yeah. Is he spot on, is he? Yeah. It's against Dundee United. They made five changes yeah. for the game at Putaudry. Made no difference. There's something fundamentally wrong there. What's your boy's left, isn't there? Is he, is, is he about to go, Burroughs? Mm-hmm. Yes, Alan Burroughs, yeah. Right, so there's clearly an unhappy ship there. Something's no right. They made five changes, made no difference. Aberdeen coasting it, 3-1. And by the way, can I just say that wasn't a penalty for Motherwell? And even looked at it in VR, that hit his shoulder. Yeah, I thought it was. That's, that's I, not I, a I, I, let, let's, let's part we'll, of that. We'll, we'll get to that. Wait, but we'll I thought Aberdeen deserved it. Good for Barry Robson. Do you he, think he's got any chance of actually getting the job full time? If he goes on a decent run... They've obviously got two weeks now until their next game because they got beat by Darville in the Scottish Cup in case you missed that. If, if he does, if he gets Aberdeen into the top six comfortably and puts in a little challenge to Hearts for third, there's every chance he could get the job permanently at the start of the season. But I think that would be a mistake. You know what I think as well? They've brought in the guy Stevie Agnew who seems to be a He's very good, good highly coach. respected coach. Why do you bring him in if it's only only going to be a very short term thing? Mm. I think Robson might get it. Give it Robson to the end of the season, sort of thing. Yeah, I think Robson will have it until the end of the season with Steve Agnew, and then they'll pick up the pieces in the summer and uh, decide what to do. And if do you Robson- think that's a sensible way forward? You look at yes. the people. Do you think? But uh, get some time. But. You look at the people who have been linked with the job, the likes of Chris Wilder, who's got experience in the Premier League very recently, bringing Sheffield United up, playing an exciting attacking brandy football. You've got the guy who was in charge of Poland at the World Cup recently as well. Obviously, Poland didn't have a great World Cup, but, you know, if you're getting to that level, you're obviously a half-decent coach. Um, I think you leave it. I think you leave it till the end of the season, and then you pick up the pieces in the summer. That's what I think you do. Do you not think? I don't know. I think if somebody like a Chris Wilder actually wanted the job and was available, I would give it to him right now. Because I think he's, I think he's something S- different. Someone, and I think he's so, so, someone of that stature and caliber. You'd be daft not to give him the job if he really wants it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting someone of that stature or caliber, then give yourself thinking time, breathing space. Well, leave got, as it is. As I say, they've got two weeks now. So two weeks is. I don't think it changes. Okay. I don't think it changes. I think Robson's in. Um, is Stevie Hamill going to get to the end of the season at Motherwell? No. 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 The, the, the reason I say this is obviously not wishing for people to be sacked, um, but Motherwell have already played their let's sack the manager card this season. Will they do it again? You look at the record. I mean, it's terrible. I love Stevie Hamill. He's a lovely guy. I interviewed him loads back in the days. And I was a complete Motherwell legend yeah. as well. When I was working on the football phone and the real radio football phone with Alan Ruff. This oh, is the real God. football phone-in with Ewan Cameron and Alan Ruff. Call now on 0845 100 2101. Real radio. Me. So when I was working in the football and he was a player, he was always a fullback that I loved and I always wanted hearts to sign him. Mm-hmm. Did you not think he was a good player? Yeah, he was a cracking player. I, I thought yeah. he was a cracking player and I feel sorry for cracking. him and what's going on because he is a Motherwell legend. I hate when it doesn't work out for a legend of a football club. How long can they stand by him though? What was it you're saying? 29th of October last time they, they won, won a game won a game in the league. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is terrible. I mean, obviously there was the World Cup break and stuff like that yeah. but still, it's a long time ago. I suppose what gives him a wee bit more time is that he's not been cast adrift yet and it's still very tight at the bottom. But I think the next couple of games are huge. They play Wraith Rovers in the Cup this weekend. Wraith who are on a Have pretty, to win pretty decent run yeah. in the Championship at the moment, actually. Um, I think they're just outside the playoffs. So, it's a Starts Park. That's a tough match. If he has to win that. If he loses on Saturday, you think? That could be it, unfortunately. I hope it's not, but I think that could be it. I still think it's very tight at the bottom and any one of four could go down. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about the other ones then. So Dundee United <laughs> are one of the other ones. It was Hearts 3, Dundee United 1. We'll get to the Ryan Edwards stuff when we talk about the VAR stuff later in the show. Uh, but 3-1 to Hearts. Hearts were pretty poor. Awful. We were awful in that first half. I thought Dundee United were excellent. Could have, could have been more than Could have one. been more. I thought the goal was very good as well. Worked down the left, crossing into the middle. Stephen Fletcher is always a threat. Good goal. And they could have been 2-3-0 up before halftime. And then you get to the red card, which we'll discuss in a second. I thought Dundee United were excellent. And again, based on that first half performance before the sending off, and Stephen Cowan... Stephen Cowan Stephen Cowan uh, Steve Cowan former Hibs striker Aberdeen striker who was watching the game for us on the big Saturday football show even though they got beat 3-1 he says they will be safe he thinks they've got enough in them to stay out of a relegation battle what about this just turning to Hearts very briefly um, Hearts fans are booing the team off throughout the first, throughout yeah. the first half yeah. and at half time given where hearts are in the table you sent us something yesterday they're actually on a point worse off than what they were this time last season which I think all things considered they were in Europe and many more games than they played last season is actually not bad and considering how well Celtic have done this season and Rangers you know to be only a point worse off than they were this time last season I think is pretty decent are the hearts fans just losing the plot here what's going on? Do you know what it is? Because we had such a good season last year and we qualified for Europe we expected to be closer to Celtic and Rangers I'm not saying to be on their coattails I'm not suggesting for a second we'd be up there challenging for the title but to close that gap see that table that I sent through after 25 games is the gap bigger at this point between this Celtic and Rangers and season. producer Calm see that status sent you well, through yesterday can you check that what's that the WhatsApp the, the, the table from 25 games played last year to this year we're going to have a full section about this soon alright okay it's called Mind the Gap Okay, right, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, okay. Well, well, if only you read the running order before we started the show. Absolutely. I was just trying to get the show started <laughs> properly. Anyway, so... Why are we not celebrating something magnificent for Scotland? I'm not going to say what I'm talking about, but why can't we discuss and celebrate a sporting achievement that we should be... Pr- you done? Yeah. Cool. Right, it was Livingston 3, Kilmarnock 1, a first half blitz by Livingston and uh, some cracking goals in there as well, I must say. And then Kilmarnock obviously got roasted at half time because they came out and scored right after half time, but obviously they were 3 0 down and it didn't really matter. So it uh, finished 3 1. Are Kilmarnock one of those teams that, along with Motherwell, will be down there at the end of the season? I don't think it's too much of a leap to say yes. I think it's between those two. I think it's between Kilmarnock and Motherwell for relegation. I think Ross County will get out of it because I was very impressed with them against Rangers and they've had some decent results before that game. I thought they were unlucky against Hibs as well. Mm-hmm. So I think Malcolm McCown, Ross County will be fine. I think it's between Motherwell and Kilmarnock. What about Livingston? The they team ju- that you tipped to go down at the start of the season? I do it every year. Yeah. And I've been doing it for I don't know how many years. They just won't go away. They're like that annoying fly you have at the beach when you're trying to eat your chips and cheese. But they're doing it on merit oh they're playing well they're playing very very well I take my hat off to David Martindale as much as I don't like their style of football as much as I don't like their plastic pitch um, you have to give them credit you have to and I know David Martindale's not the biggest fan of of the show or me <laughs> um, he'll, he refuses to come on hi David my David love you David uh, but yeah hats off to them well done and to think that they're up there challenging hearts for third spot is just remarkable it really is Rangers 2, Ross County 1 on Saturday. Um, it, going by what I was reading on social media, a lot of Rangers fans 
still not very happy kind of a huffing puffing performance see I wouldn't say it was that because I watched that game right and I would say about Rangers in that first half Michael Beal even said on Saturday after the game he wasn't particularly happy with the performance says that particularly at Ibrox they're just not clicking into gear I think they'd like some like 14 shots on goal Aye, 77% worth of possession that first half they should have been clear in the first half but we said didn't we in that in the hour leading up to the game we thought it was going to be a tight game based yeah. on the way that Ross County he were setting up defensively they were looking pretty good and they don't concede many goals and I thought off the back of the result against Hibs I thought it'd be a difficult one for Rangers it turned out to be Rangers deserved to win it oh, t- totally yeah Tillman's goal actually was very Great nice goal. Cantwell doing really well uh-huh. uh, showing why they signed him obviously in January uh, and a decent finish from Tillman and then Jordan White great header Brilliant head to bring Ross County level and you're just if you're a Ross County fan oh. you're spewing because all you want to do is hold on to the end that free kick from Marisic it's you know it's just one of those unfortunate things massive deflection uh, of Borna can Barisic's I ask in turn Callum because you obviously work on Clyde Super Scoreboards so you hear all the callers every night of the week mm-hmm. do Rangers fans see the club in a better position now than they were under Gio. I'm not talking about the wins because that's clear to see, but in regards to their performance, can you see the club moving in the right direction? Yes. Yeah, so they're happy with where the club is heading. Yes. And the performances are they're, they're generally okay with. Yes. Okay. Apart from John McLaughlin, a lot of them are very angry and he should never play again was the... Well, he was flapping about, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, after the... Well, for the Ross County for goal. The Ross County goal, yeah. They do have an issue there. They, I think they need a new number one for, for the start of next season. Because it's assumed that McGregor will retire yes. and there has been a few occasions this season where I think Al McGregor has shown his age a wee bit and he's obviously been a fantastic goalkeeper but yeah, he's totally. in his 40s yeah. now. And John McLaughlin, I think you're right, I think he's probably... He is a backup goalkeeper. I think that's all he is. I hate saying this, but I think the size of the club and the pressure that comes with playing with such a club is affecting him because see, when he was at Hearts, he was outstanding. He was going to Scotland call-up because of his performances at Hearts. He then moved to Sunderland, became their number one. He was very good at Sunderland. And as soon as he moved to Rangers, it's just not worked out for the boy. I think he's feeling the pressure. He's also 35. Yeah, but that's still that's still for a goalkeeper. That's for a, relatively for a, young. For a goalkeeper, you've still got probably another two or three years. Good two or three yeah. years in you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at like David Seaman and Craig Gordon and others like that. Neville Southall from back in the day. David Seaman. David Seaman was like The first person you went for was David Seaman. And then Neville Southall. But I'm talking about great goalkeepers. Right? I'm not going to mention Alan Ruff because as, as, as much as he was a good goalkeeper... He was not at the level of a David Seaman or a Neville Southall or a Jim Layton for that matter. Can you address him as Alan Ruff OBE? Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Alan Ruff OBE because he got uh, OBE for services to broadcasting. Yeah, remember he's 25 years younger than me. Older is he? Than me. Is older, he? Older, younger than me. Oh, so I may get it in time. Right, okay. And I'll remember you in my speech, boys. Okay, fair enough. When I get my award for services to broadcasting and to podcasting for calling it as I see it and for being one of the very few in the media not to sit on the fence. It's a I long honours list. <laughs> <laughs> King will be there a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, St Mirren nil, Hibs won. What a uh, result. Cracking win for Hibs, unbeaten in their last five now. And uh, a wee bit of momentum getting built up. And who'd have thought it? Ryan Porteous away. Uh, Kevin Nisbet injured at the weekend. No and, Boyle. And can I just... So it was Johan who scored the winner, wasn't it? Yeah, he's good. And I watched it. 
and I don't know if you came up with the same thought as me, that was a toe poke. Still a goal, though. That is a toe poke. And what do you call a toe poke? Uh, this is, I think this is going to be interesting. A pokey. A pokey. Uh-huh. You'd, so if, if you if you were playing football when you were younger... It's a pokey. A pokey. What uh-huh. would you call it? A toe bash. A toe bash? A toe bash. A toe bash. A toe bash. Never a toe bash. I've, a toe poke or a... A Toby. <laughs> a Toby? <laughs> a Toby. So, I, bet, I bet you, right? So it's. Uh, where are you originally from? Dunfermline. Dunfermline. Right. So a in Toby. Dunfermline, you were a, a Toby. Toby and you were in Dundee. A Tobash. And mine was a Pokey and <laughs> I was in Edinburgh. Right. Okay. Sometimes a Tommy Tobash. <laughs> a Tommy Tobash? Yeah. I think a Tommy Toby. Toby. I, I, I would say a Toby. He scored a Toby. <laughs> Do you know that Lionel Messi scored a few Tobies in his time? The famous uh, Ronaldinho. The oh, Toby you, that's right, Chelsea. Aye. That's right, a aye. great Toby. Brilliant Toby. Is there something? <laughs> is there something quite ugly about a Toby goal? There is, isn't there? I think there's something beautiful about a do Toby you? goal because you never see it. You, how how often do you see it? You don't. But it does look ugly when you see it. I know, but just it's not the, like it's, just, not the, it's not the best looking goal, just is it? Toby it in at the bottom corner. I suppose they all count <laughs> at the end of the day. I think it's. A, I think it's an amazing goal. Wait, every time. A Toby, a Pokey, <laughs> a Toe Bash, a Toe Poke, whatever you call it, by the way, at Big Football Scott, uh, you can give us a shout because I'm sure there'll be loads. Ma- many regional variations. It's a bit like uh, Chap Door Run. There's yes. loads of different variations chappy. of that. Chappy. You were Chappy, I was Chap Door Run. Chicken Ellie. Wow. <laughs> I've heard this before. Chicken Ellie. Chicken Ellie, yeah, I've heard this. Chicken Ellie. Chicken Ellie. Yes. And Dundee was Chicken Ellie. Yes, Chicken Ellie. See what I mean. Right, let's stick it with it. <laughs> let's stick with it. You won't let me talk about rugby, but you want to talk about Chicken Ellie and no, talk bashing you, and all that asked, stuff. You asked, you asked me a question. I answered it. Yeah. Yeah, but you, but we were quite happy to discuss this nonsense, but no talk with Scotland's fantastic achievement. <laughs> so at Big Football Scott, if you want to get in touch, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the regional variations for this because it's all different. And well done to Johan of Hibs for scoring a toe bash, a pokey, a toby, a toe poke at the weekend. So let us know what you think it is. Do they toe poke it in rugby? Uh, oh, my oh. mic's just fallen over because it was so bored of your chat. Anyways... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, let's move on to the final game, which was yesterday. It was St Johnston won at Celtic four. Going to come on to this a wee bit later on as well. As soon as Celtic scored, I just went not interested. Turned off. Was like this is boring. It was easy, easy. I did. Easy. I did catch up with the goals easy. later on. Um, <gasps> and Andy Considine having like the worst game ever yesterday. It was just like and everything went wrong. And I must say, uh, Trey Wright's goal was a very good strike. Yeah. Can I put my hand up? Yes. There was myself, there was my brother-in-law, Peter, and a number of Celtic fans who were like going, why are Celtic signing Aaron Moy? His first couple of games, he didn't set the, light, the, the, the header alight. That boy has been outstanding for Celtic, and he was so unlucky when he was dropped against Rangers, and Celtic fans were going, why have you dropped Aaron Moy, one of our best players? He's so good. He's intelligent, he's bright, his positional play's outstanding. His goal, if that was Messi or Ibrahimovic, or Ronaldinho, or Ronaldo. We'll be talking about it for the next six months. It was such a brilliant finish. Cool, composed. Oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. I thought the football around it was superb as well. And the goal, the goal that he set up, that we passed around the corner to Kiago. Kiogo. Jesus. Kiogo. It's not hard. But that pass in a... Kiogo. What? A, I mean, brilliant. Great football. Can I ask if you're feeling okay? Why? 
because <clears throat> you've spent longer talking about Aaron Moy's goal than you have Stephen Humphreys. Yeah, because no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Because I just looked at my sheet of paper and yeah. it says here we're going to get to that about is Stephen Humphreys' goal of the season. We're getting to that. It's on the list. So I was actually going to bring that up. I was going to exactly. Say, I was going to say once. We so shut the your face, you. It's I'm, I'm, I'm following. I'm following your instructions on the piece of paper you've given me. It says here, go over results. And item number two after go over the results was talk about Stephen Humphrey's goal of the season, question mark. Right? So shut your face. I'm sorry. So the question is, <laughs> is Stephen Humphrey's goal the goal of the season? Yes. It was, it was unbelievable. Like, it, it genuinely was. Can I also point out as well, it was on his left foot, he's right footed. <laughs> really? Aye, he's right footed. I did not know that. That makes it even better. And the thing yes. is about that goal, right? He drills it. He doesn't just lob it. He drills it and it actually hits the back of the net. It doesn't even hit the grass before it hits the net. Goalkeepers don't got a chance. And you see Kjol, when you see the when the, the, the shot from behind the goal, as soon as he strikes it, Kjol's celebrating before the ball hits the back of the net. He's actually celebrating. Do you know the he only knows. thing that would have made it better? What's that? If it was a Toby for the halfway line. <laughs> if he managed to toe poke the ball over the goalkeeper and from the halfway what? line. I think that Finn Russell was inspired by the... Uh, oh. You done? Yeah. Can I so, just very quickly say the XG on that goal was 0. 0.01. There you go. What's the XG? Expected goals ratio. So if you're two yards from goal and there's no one in front of you, your XG would be 1.00 because there's very, or you know, 0 0.99, very little chance you'll miss that. Right. The XG on his was 0 0.01. So it only goes to one for yeah. your XG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically if it's a 0 0.9 or even one, you're based on the goal and you can't yep. really miss yeah, it. Yeah. He's 0 0.1 from the halfway line. 0 0.01. 0 0.01. So like 1%. <sighs> I mean, it is outstanding. I mean, there's yeah. been some great goals scored this season, but that's up there for the best. Easy. Yeah, definitely. Well, right. what, did you, what did you think of the Moy goal? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great goal. What yeah. about you, intern Callum? Good yeah. goal. Yeah, is, up there, is up there as top 10 goals of the season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, Celtic are really good to watch. Like, I'm not asking that. I'm asking about the goals. Is, no, what, what, is there a better I was, goal? I was going to go on and say... Celtic are really good to watch and they score some really, really good goals and that is another one of them. They score great goals. There was a great goal from Jota against Rangers. The, the touch and then the chip over McGregor at the near post. Yeah. That was a great goal. That was a good, good goal. team goal. Are we just talking Keith, about good goals now? Or? Just trying to think of really, really good goals that I've, um, I've witnessed over the last... Joanne on Saturday. Toe-poked in. Yeah, great. you should get it just for doing that. Exactly. <laughs> you should get toe-bash toe of the season. Toe-bash of the season. Oh, he's winning it just uh, to, now. Toby of the season, toe-poke <laughs> of the season. We're not entirely sure. Let's drop down into the championship and we'll start on Friday night because it was a big win for Queen's Park. They are out of the cup because they can't field players that are eligible. Uh, but they are back on track in the league. Uh, 2-0 win on Friday night against title rivals Air United coupled with Dundee dropping points again against bottom of the table Hamilton means that they are clear at the top we're in for a wee exciting end to the season I think in the championship you and Cameron. yeah but Dundee have got a game in hand and I still think they'll be too strong and they'll win the league I keep saying that and I'm still convinced that Dundee will win the league as much as Queen Park are hanging about like a bad smell I think Dundee will catch them Hamilton are they going to stay up unbeaten in their last yes. three matches yes I was speaking to a boy who used to work at Hamilton and he says the arrival of Ryan McGowan mm -hmm. former St Johnston and Hearts player yeah. has has done wonders for that club just the one player coming his drive his experience his commitment 
I think they'll be all right. And they've had some decent results. And to get a 1-1 result against Dundee at home, they were 41 on the coupon and they were lucky not to win it. So I think Hamilton will be all right. Cove Rangers are the ones that should be worried. But they won. They won on Saturday. They won. I was just going to come on to that. First win under Paul Hartley since he came back. And it was against Partick Thistle, who have now lost in consecutive weeks to Hamilton at home and then Cove Rangers at home. There was a Partick Thistle uh, fan that I follow who put up a thread of some of the refereeing decisions against Partick Thistle on Saturday and they were atrocious for the most part. I mean, so some of them were, you know, he's obviously just annoyed because Partick Thistle have lost. There was a shot from the edge of the box um, and the keeper tips it round the corner. A, a really good save from Scott Fox and goals for Cove and the referee gave a goal kick. It was It was the most blatant thing I've ever seen in my life and it was the same guy who remember the penalty that I showed you? It was Hamilton versus. Oh, yes, yeah. and we couldn't figure out how the penalty was given. The same guy, the same referee. So I'm not entirely sure who this guy is, but I don't think he knows what's going on. <laughs> so lots of Partick Thistle fans not happy. Is Ian McCall maybe is his time up at Partick Thistle? <sighs> He's a good manager though. Came back, won League One uh, after the COVID break, got them back up into the Championship, but. Obviously, Partick Thistle fans want to go further than yeah, that. No, want, you, look, pro- you look at the standard of the championship, it's not great this season. No, but there's problems also off the field. Well, yeah, there is that. There is that that they've got to contend with and deal with. You don't know what you're going to get with Partick Thistle. I always look at them from a coupon on a Saturday and I think, nah, I'm not touching their game. Yep. You never know what part of Thistle are going to turn up. They could turn up and lose 5-0 or win 6-0. Yeah. That's that's how inconsistent they are. Well, they got to be 1-0 on Saturday, so that doesn't really fit. But anyway, Inverness 2, Morton 2. Morton on an absolutely shocking run. Only won one of the last seven. Inverness, I think I've only won two or three of the last seven. And it seems to be nobody wants to get into the playoffs in the Championship. The only team who are on a semi-decent running form are Wraith Rovers. And they beat our growth on Saturday, coming from a goal behind to win 2-1. And that means it's all very tight in the Championship. You know, I think there's only something like eight or nine points separating Queen's Park and 7th in the league so it is really tight the championship's always like that but I don't think I, oh god my mic keeps falling over because it's bored with your chat you sorry about that um, it was so, you that was speaking I was shutting my mouth there I bet I was looking at you uh, right let's move down <laughs> no league. no you can't do that what because I promised a Morton fan they would talk about Morton I, would, I said Morton are on a horrible runny form they've only won one of the last 7 there's, games there's that's a, a fact there's a boy called Ewan Boyle who messaged to say that he loves the podcast okay. right and he would like us to shout out Ewan. Shout hi, Ewan. Hi, Ewan Boyle. Uh, How does he spell his name? E W A N. Oh, the right way. Yeah, and normal he, person. He yeah. used to be, he was a former Morton media officer. All right, okay. And um, he's now in journalism and politics. He's a graduate, Uni Strathclyde. You're just reading his Twitter bio, aren't you? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. That, yeah. Uh, but he messaged to say how much he loves a podcast. Hello, you. And uh, he would like us to talk more about Morton. So, what would you like to say about Morton? I know you've said that they're, they've had a couple of poor results do you think they'll get dragged into any sort of relegation problems uh, no I don't no. Um, but I do think that they might get into the playoffs you think they've got a chance to get in the playoffs Partick Thistle are on 33 points yep. and then I don't have the table right in front Wraith of me Wraith are on 33 below them but haven't, haven't played a game more what yeah. are Morton in the Morton table 31 or something like that I'm sure well, you guys could just pad no we're not we're just a podcast people can wait I'll yeah. edit this out yeah <laughs> 
No, don't edit it out. Yeah, I think we should, this is real life. This is what happens. This is when, real life. It is real life because when people are sitting in the office waiting on their pals to find out the answer to our questions, what happens? So in fourth, Partick Thistle 33, fifth, Wraith Rovers 33 points. Inverness are sixth with 32 and Morton are seventh with 31. So yeah, definitely yeah. a chance. Got a chance. Did you think they've got a chance to get in the playoffs? Absolutely. They're on a terrible run at the moment, but they have been doing pretty well under Dougie Emery since he took over. So I think there's every chance. I, I think... I think Queens are going to be in the playoffs minimum. I think Dundee are going to be in the playoffs minimum. Uh, I think Air United are going to be in the playoffs minimum. So I think they're playing for one place. I think that's what's going to happen. Can you so. just smile? I'm taking a selfie for you and the, right, minute, okay. the Morton fan. Right, I'm sending are. it to him. There yeah. you go. There's you. And there, there's us talking about Morton. Yeah. Um, any other comments on Morton you would like to make? No, that's it. That's fine. Okay. Do you think they've got a good chance to get into playoffs? That'll, that'll I think be, they've got as much chance as Inverness, Wraith Rovers, and Partick Thistle. I that's, think it's going to be one of four. That's um, that's made you and very happy, I'm sure. So, mate, thanks for listening to the podcast. Right, moving on. Okay, League One. It was Airdrie one at Clyde nil at the weekend. Same scoreline between Aloha and Peterhead in favour of Aloha. Dunfermline two, Montrose nil, and then it was Kelty Hearts one, Falkirk two, Queen of the South one, FC Edinburgh nil. Big comeback win for Falkirk. Two goals in the last 15 minutes. John McGlynn took all three of his front men off and brought on another three strikers and two of them scored five wins out of five unbeaten in eight they are on a cracking run of form and I said it last week and I'm going to say it again it's squeaky bum time for Dunfermline because the team in form right now and playing decent football and scoring goals is Falkirk it's Falkirk they've got their mojo mate and if I were you me I would be a wee bit worried. So Falkirk played Aloha on Tuesday night. Big game. Aloha. That's huge. That's massive. If, if Falkirk managed to win then, yeah. the gap would be cut to two. two points. Falkirk are in the Scottish Cup against mm-hmm. Darville on Monday night. Dunfermline are playing Airdrie on Saturday. Where? At Airdrie. Oh, two massive games this week then in the, so, in the race for the League One title. For, if we're looking good versus evil, the good plan is that Aloha win, okay? And then Dunfermline win on Saturday and the league's done. That would be eight-point gap. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Game. I'd agree with that. The evil side of things is Falkirk win on Tuesday and Dunfermline get beat on Saturday. Or even draw. Well, draw or get beat. Yeah. And the gap's down to two or three points. Yeah. So that's the evil. That's, what, that's the evil side. When we don't t- want the evil. We want good. So when do you play Falkirk next? Because that is going to be some game. Is yes. it still within touching distance for Falkirk? Is it not East End Park your next game? The game hasn't been rearranged yet. So ah, okay. we're meant to play them on, I think, the 2nd of January, but it got postponed due to a frozen pitch. So is there a chance you could be playing them again at the Falkirk Stadium before you get them at East End when the fixtures come round again? I mean, I would hate to suggest that Dunfermline are sort of kicking it down the can, so that might be the case. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was in charge of Dunfermline, that's exactly what I would be doing. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, <clears throat> what I would say is oh, Falkirk are obviously on a decent run, but... I would still rather be in Dunfermline's position than Falkirk's position. We're five points clear. We are unbeaten since October and we're on a decent run ourselves. Yeah, we've had a couple of draws in there, but we're still unbeaten since October. I had a few numpties message me last week about my analogy of Lewis Hamilton and Mark... And uh, what's his name? What's his first name? Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. When I was saying that you, Dunfermline, were Lewis Hamilton... The seven times world champion. And that uh, Falkirk were Max Verstappen and you'd rather be Max Verstappen chasing down Lewis Hamilton for the title because it's easier to do than it is to lead at the front. And then people are going, what a stupid analogy. No, it wasn't. It's a a stupid analogy because it means that Falkirk they can't slip up 
if Falkirk slip up, but nobody's, expe- but nobody's expecting Falkirk you to are. win the league. You are. Generally speaking, people are not expecting Falkirk to win the league because they're on the Dunfermline run and they're on. They've but, only lost one game this season. Listen, Falkirk are something like. How, how many did you say unbeaten? I'm telling you now, uh, eight unbeaten, uh, five wins on the bounce. I'm telling you right now, Falkirk are winning League One. Right, that's right. it. Get, go and cut that up. I want you to take that bit of audio in turn, Callum, and throw that back in my face like you did at the start of the show with my prediction for Hearts versus Rangers last week. Go and cut that because I'm going to be right. I, okay, well, I, I don't think you will be. Again, I'd, I'd rather be in Dunfermline's position, five points clear at the okay, top Okay, so table. you think Dunfermline, I think Falkirk, in turn, Callum, who's winning League One? Dunfermline. You didn't even think about that. I know because Dunfermline are going to win. I don't have to. Dunfermline are going to win League One. Because I want to be suking up with my pal Stephen Mill, <laughs> who gave me a room in his house for a number of months, which, which, I, had to, which I had to pay for. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> no, I'm not a charity. Um, so um, there's 14 games left for both Falkirk and Dunfermline. I think realistically, Falkirk need to win. Probably ten or eleven matches out of those fourteen. If you were a bit- include, including beating Dunfermline okay. twice. If-, if 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 all things if if things are the same, just say Falkirk win on Tuesday, Dunfermline win on Saturday, and it's still five points. That still means Falkirk need to beat Dunfermline twice. Correct. I don't think that's going to happen, right? What do you think the gap will be at the end of the season? If you think Dunfermline will win the league, I think probably seven or eight points. I think we'll win it fairly comfortably in the end. <laughs> Cut that bit as well. Please keep me that bit of audio. <laughs> I, 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 I we're, we're winning the league by seven or eight points. What an absolute. I mean, we could be eight points clear on Saturday. But you five. How do you know that? Falkirk will beat Aloe on Tuesday night to put the pressure on you. And when they're only two behind you and you're going to Airdrie, you're going to feel that pressure and you will not beat Airdrie. Mark my words. Falkirk beat Aloe and Dunfermline do not beat Airdrie. We march our words for Wednesday night. When Hearts are going to, and I quote, pump Rangers, and what happened? Move on. Okay, League Two. Bonnie Rig grows one and in two. So the troubles continue for Bonnie Rig. East Fife one, still an Albion one. Elgin City one, Albion Rovers one. Four for two. The Ray McKinnon machine is marching on, and uh, they are closing in on the top of the table. Lives across the road from my dad. Does he? Does indeed. Well, yeah. there you go. Ray McKinnon. Ray McKinnon. Where's your dad? Right, Ferry and Dundee. Oh, that's why you're quite snobby then. Because <laughs> you've brought a ferry. That's why he calls it a towbash. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, a, a Thomas towbash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four for two, Stranraer one, and Stenhouse Muir one, Dumbarton one. Annoying for Stirling Albion if you're an Albion fan, because Dumbarton obviously have been top of the league since pretty much the start of the season. And um, they slept up on Saturday, but so did Stirling, so it doesn't matter. You're as you were. Right, let's move on to VAR WTF. La gente está muy loca. What the fuck? Right, let's go straight to the Hearthstone United game, the Ryan Edwards red card that did change the game, let's be honest. Dundee United had to play a long time uh, with only 10 men. Intern Calm is a Dundee United fan. And uh, what were your thoughts? We'll let you go first since you're the Dundee, Dundee United, United fan. fan. It's not a red card. Not a red card. Why is it not a red card? Talk to me. Because the challenge he wins the ball. He wins the ball. That means nothing. Right, wait, 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 shut up, let him speak. He wins the ball. Uh, I don't think he's aiming for Andy Halliday's leg. Uh, listen, Andy Halliday, I would call him a friend. Lovely guy. But he's a cheating wee bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
he obviously catches him. I see that, but I think it's in the follow through. I don't think it's men, and I know intention doesn't mean everything in football. I'm very aware of that, but I think there'll be you. You've already given me in the group chat. Let's be very clear here. Examples of red cards that are similar to that one. I think I could find you another ten examples where that isn't a red card, where a red card's not been shown after VAR. I don't think that's a red card. You and Cameron, right? I'm a Hearts man through and through. No, right, Rangers. No, no, I'm a Hearts man through and through, and I always call it as I see it. And if I didn't think it was, a, if I didn't think it what was, what does a, that mean? What does I call it as I see because it? Because I'm not being biased here. That's my point, right? I'm not seeing it through maroon tinted spectacles, whereas you're clearly looking through orange tinted spectacles at that challenge. I'm not, right? I'm seeing it as a challenge that is a red card. Without question. There isn't even a debate on it. And for Dundee United to appeal it is embarrassing. They're going to chuck that out. My turn? They're going to chuck that out. Is it my turn? So what happens is he, he, he does win the ball. I give you that 100%. All of the it, ball. Yeah. But, it's, but it's a follow through and it's high. It's, it's above not, the ankle. It's it not is, high. It is. It's, it's high. high. It's above you, the you're ankle. Def- right, first right. thing. No, no, I'm going to go. You guys, your wee moment here. Your definition of high changes every single week. And my next point. No, no, no. I'm going to go now. Stephen, put his mic. Thank you. The next point is without question. You just said a phrase there. It's a red card without question. Agreed? You said that. I did say that. Great. Your manager doesn't think it's a red card. Robbie Nielsen said it of the game what did, if that was my player I'd be really upset right. that, that he was sent off for what that what did Robbie Nielsen say what did he say what did he say it's say, not a red card right but what else did he say that you're, you're, you're kind of leaving out please tell me he said I only saw it live I've yet to watch it back it's not a red card so there was a caveat to what he said from where he was stood on the sidelines he thought it might not have been a red card but I'm telling you right now if he watches that back you ask Robbie Nielsen today, he'll tell you it's a red card. No, please, one last thing. When Ross County scored their goal against Hibs and the keeper got challenged, David Marshall, he got challenged by two players and he yeah. walked off the pitch and said to the, his manager that I, I, gave, I gave that goal, it's my fault, you got that point because of me. It yeah. only happened to him once, didn't see it back. Right. So, and your entire argument was based on him experiencing that once and you decided, well, that's, that VAR shouldn't give that as a, as a foul then. because so David Marshall, who mm-hmm. is in the goal, yep, yep, yep. Right? he's playing mm-hmm. on the pitch mm-hmm. and he's the one that's challenged that led to the Ross County goal yep. from the corner. Yep. He himself felt there wasn't a free kick there because he said to Malcolm Mackay, walking off the pitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave you that goal. Mm-hmm. So he himself has put his hand up to say, I made a mistake. So he's, I've not he's only experienced any, it once. He's not seen it back. I've not that wa- counts in one context, but doesn't count in the other. But I've, listen, but he's playing the game, mate. He's, he's me, in the goal. Me, he's in me, the goal, me, right? He's there. He's the one who said to Malcolm Mackay, I threw that one in that goal. I gave that. you that goal sure. that's what he said to Malcolm Mackay mm-hmm. Robbie Nielsen is on the sidelines watching the game it's not him that's making the challenge it's not him that's receiving the challenge he sees it in real time and in real time he thought it wasn't a red card I'm telling you now though and he was when right. he watches it back and the appeal do you know what happened Ewan it's the appeal will prove who's right and who's wrong oh that's a load of nonsense because the appeal the Nicky Clark one was wrong what if the appeal comes down in favour of Brian Edwards no it comes in favour of the red card and they say yeah it's a red card well I was right yeah but you're just pouring scorn on the whole appeal process but the appeal process is a joke so it's right so it's a joke if it goes against you and 
it's not a joke if it goes for you well I think the appeal process isn't the same people that sit down and do the appeal I think it's different people that they put together I don't think it's the same people is it I think they just bring in different people to look at certain things whoever's available can look it's at Johnny it Johnny off the street yeah. it's not Johnny off me? the street why are you being Johnny come in and have a look at this it is yeah Stop. I mean let, let's let's just Nicky Clark appeal they got that wrong they, they didn't they didn't they did. they're going they to didn't. throw this one out they're going to look at the Ryan Edwards challenge and they're actually going to sit there and laugh and then choking on their coffee as they're going Dundee United have appealed that are they having a f***ing laugh <laughs> wow <laughs> that's the quote that you're going to get when they put out the statement that's a f***ing joke <laughs> As much as it pains me, as much as it pains me, I, I thought it was a red card. I thought it was a... Yes, he, thank you. He followed through. Thank and you. He, he, he caught him on the ankle. Up you. I do think it was. I'm not on the appeals panel, though, so uh, I don't if know If you were in happened. the appeals panel, you're saying... I'd say it was a red card. Thank yes. you. i say it was... He, I don't think he meant it, but he did catch him, and unfortunately... In this day and age, yes. in this modern football, yes. where it's all namby pamby yes. people yes. playing football, yes. not like proper guys, you know. Um, Thank you, Your Honour. It's a red card. Thank you, Your Honour. It's a red card. And uh, just while we're here, actually, lots and lots of chat about the Ross McCrory red card last week against St Mirren. Again, I didn't really see what the fuss was about. Here it was a red card. I, I, like I, and again, the appeal has been rejected. Uh-huh. That one, even at the time, yeah, fair, fair enough. The Samaritan defender comes across and yeah, sort of like blocks him with his arm. But had Russell McCurry just went down, the Samaritan player would have got booked, and then we would and, all the, moved, and the free kick for all moved on with their lives. But McCurry hits out at him, and it's quite clearly a red card. It's the flick of the forearm up I, to the face. I, I genuinely didn't even see what the what the issue was, what Aberdeen fans were complaining about. But there you go, they were all greeting. Aye, exactly. Uh, elsewhere, any other VR issues you would like to the Andy Considine red card? Anything? The two yellows. Yeah, yeah I think there were two yellows. I don't think there was anything. What was it? I thought it was a straight red. My mistake. He, he, no, I thought it was two yellows, no. Or was it a straight red? I honestly don't know. Did you not watch it? No. Nah, it was a straight you red. You work on a football podcast and you work on Clyde Super Scoreboard. Stephen was alright, was it a straight red? It was a straight red. Thank you. I mean, I wasn't watching that point either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so there, I, I think it just topped off Andy Considine's day because yes. he had an absolute shocker yesterday. Just one of those games. So uh, there you are. That rounds up uh, VARWTF. You're listening to the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Let's move on, shall we? The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Right, so we sort of touched on this a wee bit earlier on as well. So the gap between Celtic and Rangers and everyone else just seems to be getting bigger. I, I As soon as Celtic scored yesterday, and it's nothing against Celtic, they play really good football, they've got some cracking players, but as soon as they scored, I was just like, oh, this is boring. It's, I thought I actually it's boring. I actually thought that when Rangers took the lead against Hearts, because the way that we'd started, I could see the writing on the wall when they scored their first. You um, could just see it coming under the floodlights. Under the floodlights, uh, and you're right. Is the gap getting bigger? See that table. So we've played 25 games a season, and I put on the WhatsApp group that we're in. 25 games last season compared to this season. Could someone read out that top six for me? Because I've not got it with me. I've got it here. Go on then, mate. So then let's go with um, last season first of all. So last season, Celtic were top at this stage on 60 points. Rangers were second on 59. And Hearts were on 43. Motherwell, 33. This season, 
Celtic are on 70 points so 10 better off than this time last season yeah Rangers are on 61 this season two better off than last season Hearts are on 42 points one less than last season and Livingston are on 35 which is two better than Motherwell were on last season so the gap between Hearts and the rest appears to have closed slightly yes that's a, that's a point but the gap between Hearts and second place has increased yes from 16 points to 19 points yeah so that's, that, that's a game that's that, that's a game and that for me is where the Hearts fans are upset because of how well we played last year how comfortable we finished third our next step was to try and get closer to the old firm but I think this season has already shown that those two clubs are already miles ahead of the rest and I think it's only going to get bigger Celtic have only lost one game this year and that was to St Mirren they've drawn one other game which was against Rangers at Ibrox and even though Rangers are nine points behind they've only lost two games Two games have lost, and that was and to, be to fair, Celtic. Mike, and who who's the other team they lost to? Since Mike, St. Johnston. Since yeah. Michael Beale came in, you know, they're 12 games unbeaten, and yeah. they've only drawn one, which was against Celtic. But it's getting the gap's getting bigger. I, I just think, you know, there's two sides to this as well. Because obviously, if you're a Celtic fan, you'll be absolutely loving this at the moment because your team's playing amazing football, you're scoring brilliant goals, you're probably going to win the league, and you're on for a treble as well. Yeah. So or you could feasibly win a treble. Um, but is it not just a bit boring? Like, is it not just a bit boring? I'm not suggesting Celtic just throw matches for the sake of it. Are you saying, do you think Celtic fans are bored? <sighs> it reminds me, they're so far ahead of everyone else, including Rangers at the moment, I think, by the I way. I agree. Um, it reminds me a bit of the Ronnie Dyla days to be honest when they were so far in front of Aberdeen it was at that point yeah. they were always going to win the league and again you know I guess it doesn't get boring winning the league I wouldn't know I'm a Dunfermline fan um, so what needs to change? I just think I don't know I, I honestly I, I think that for Scottish football has been weighted so much in favour of Celtic and Rangers for years and years and years we're talking 30 years and it's no coincidence that nobody else has won the league in that time or really even come close to win the league nope. in that time um, so I think something fundamentally has to change yes other European leagues are very similar I think Bayern Munich have won 10-11 titles in a row Juventus won PSG 9-10 PSG and all the rest there but just because it's happening elsewhere doesn't mean that we can you know just accept it just accept it and so, just, so, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example obviously um, in Holland the big three Ajax PSV and Feyenoord are traditionally the big three teams. AZ Alkmaar are actually second in the table at the moment. PSV are fourth and it's Feyenoord uh, and uh, Ajax are top of the league or, or something like that, some combination of that. Um, it just seems to be that like at least there's a little bit of competition between more than two teams. In Holland, there always is. You in Holland, I mean? there always is a wee bit of a battle going on between three, four, five teams. And then at and the you've end, had FC20 winning the league. Correct. When, uh, when Steve McLaren was in charge. Exactly. So, And I think he's at Altmar have, have won the league as well. Would so, you support Celtic and Rangers leaving the league? Do you think that would be the best for Scottish football? Because I can't see how this ends unless a Dubai shake takes over hearts but then that's it's just all false just no but what I'm saying but well, that's, yeah, but that, that, that's not sustainable because the Dubai well, shake will then get bored no, and no, then but, leave but what I'm saying is 
realistically, the only chance Hearts have got of winning the league is if somebody with that kind of money takes over the club. So if that doesn't happen, we're stuck with Celtic and Rangers unless they leave the league to join a European Super League or they move down to England. Do you think for Scottish football to thrive, they need to leave or do we need Celtic and Rangers? No, I don't think we need. I think. Do you think Scottish football? I think Scottish football would be fine. Yeah. Do you think think we need Celtic and Rangers? No. Do you think we'd be better off without them? Probably, yeah. I mean, it's well. It depends what your depends what your definition of. Which Scottish better better off like financially? Probably not. No. But in terms of like a competition, yeah, of course you would, because you would have more teams. Would you not miss Celtic and Rangers? I mean. I would miss Dunfermline beating Celtic and Rangers once every decade. You know, like stuff that like moment. that. moment. Like, you know, yes. I, I go right back to when um, Dunfermline beat uh, Rangers at East End Park for the first time since like the 1970s and it was, you know, early 2000s. Alex McLeish was the Rangers manager. You know, when you think of that Rangers team, everyone was playing that day. Paolo Vinoli scored an own goal. We won 2-0. It was a great day. Crawford and Brewster up front for Dunfermline. Brilliant day. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. But... You know, is it worth having that as a sort of wee highlight over the course of 25 years? Probably not. not. Would you want Celtic and Rangers to leave for the good of Scottish football? I feel the same as Stephen. I think it's not an easy question. Yeah, financially you'd miss out, but I think from a as a fan of a quote unquote wee team, smaller team, perhaps tiny, tiny wee team. Now we're not Dundee. I would be delighted. (laughs) Because of course there's more there's more chance for you to win. If it, from a selfish perspective, of course I'd like them to leave. If you take Celtic and Rangers out of the equation right now, we've got a really good uh, battle on for the title. Exactly. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Also, and, and don't don't get me wrong. After a few years, some teams would become dominant hearts, but I think it would be cyclical, and I don't think it would be same same every year. Hearts no. winning the league for thirty years on the trot, no. for example. No. I think it would be a lot more balanced, and I think there would be a chance to sort of reset everything and obviously one of the big things is we have a small league of 12 teams and that is to suit the fact that Celtic and Rangers need to play each other four times a season and other clubs want their money and other clubs want their money and I think that's pathetic on the other clubs part mm. and I include my club same I've been, like, I've, I've, I've been like that over the year but I was just I was just coming coming on to that point other clubs like St Johnston, for example, just sort of giving Rangers all their stands and all the rest of it to try okay, and make yesterday, a quick, St Johnston to try and make a quick buck. Um, St Mirren took that decision not to do that a couple of years ago. The highest attended matches at St Mirren Park this season: Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, Celtic, and Rangers are way down the list. And do you think that is because people are just like, oh, we'll probably get beat anyway? Now, I know St. Mirren did beat Celtic earlier in the season, but generally, they're like, oh, we probably won't win. We just won't. Well, what's the point? What's the point in going? What's the point in going? And actually, Celtic and Rangers are a bit of a turn-off for smaller teams. I it's, get it. It's, it's, not like, it's not like, you know, you're, you can see them on the telly anyway now. It's not like 20 years ago when you didn't have as many TV matches. I get and it. And you'd be like, oh, I want to go and see such and such player. I'll go, go and see Henrik Larson or go and see Brian Loudrop or whatever it is. These players were obviously fantastic. But now, you can see them anyway. Yeah. And there's no attraction to go to the big game. The big game is against somebody else now. Hearts. And I think that's... But I think there's, it's, it's proven... Because you bring a big support as well. It's proven out that actually you'd rather go to a match where you at least have a chance of winning. You know, St Mirren have got a chance of beating Hearts. At least to be competitive. St Mirren have got a chance of beating Hibs. Yeah. And I just think people are 
just getting a wee bit turned off by it. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you. You've got a good question, haven't you? I do. Turn Callum. I do. Go on. Because I actually scored it out because I didn't want to know what the answer was. <laughs> so the old firm, both Celtic and Rangers, the last time they lost at home in the league to a team that aren't each other. In the league. In the league. That's a great question. I and told. I, I, so I don't know the answer because I told you scored it out. I think Rangers did they not lose to Hamilton? Bang on Wednesday just, the just before the, just before lockdown. Wednesday the fourth of March, twenty twenty. <clears throat> the so last time Rangers. I know it was emotional them. for you, um, <laughs> uh, but because I, I do remember Stephen Gerrard was probably on a sugarly peg at that point, and then COVID hit, and you know, obviously, yes. like you got forgotten about, and then obviously they went and won the league. But um, Celtic. So Celtic. sorry, what was that again? Hamilton beat ha- Rangers when? Beat Rangers on the fourth of March, twenty twenty. So we're coming up on three, three years, years since Rangers lost a league match to a team that weren't Celtic. Take at home. Celtic. Celtic. Um, are, we, are we going further I, back here? I, no. We're not. I think, did St Mirren not beat Celtic? You're very good at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure St Mirren beat them. St Mirren beat Celtic on Saturday the 30th of March 2021. So again, um, two over, years. over two years. Or and I'll go one further for you. Uh-huh. I've even done the maths on this. Go on. You ready? Yeah. Celtic, since season 12-13 have lost six match league matches at home to teams that aren't Rangers, to, to any team that aren't Rangers, which means that out of roughly 200 home league games, they've lost six. And I just think that's not sustainable, that's, to be honest with you. I that's don't, crazy. And again, I, I, want, I want to make the point, it's... I'm not blaming Celtic and Rangers for, for being better than everyone else. Wow. They have a natural advantage in the fact that they're in Scotland's biggest city, they're two biggest supported teams across the country as well. That's a natural advantage, and it's not their fault they have that. Mm-hmm. But it's just a bit rubbish. That's, that's, that's actually got me thinking, get rid of them. Celtic and Rangers, get them out of our league. <laughs> they're just too good. 200 matches. Give or take, yeah. Give or take. For 10 years, they've lost six out with the games against Rangers. Mm-hmm. In the league, yeah. Oh. I actually think it's a really depressing start. It is. I just wish you'd told me that now. That's yeah. horrible. So the next time a team go to Celtic Park who aren't Rangers and it's on Sky and you're a fan of that team, St Mirren, Hearts, Dundee, whoever, your chances of winning are six out of two hundred. <laughs> so about three percent. Yeah, you got a three percent chance of winning at Parkhead. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. You can get in touch anytime at Big Football Scott, and that's exactly what you've been doing for if Scottish football were a car. So we're looking for footballers, managers, referees, and pundits who would fit into that criteria. Let's go through some of these. Some of them are actually very good this week. Last week, not very good. No. Nah. Last week was terrible. Yeah. So uh, Alloy McCoist, uh, Nissan Duke. Uh, Philip Hellandrover, that's from David H. Well done. Wheel Lennon from Michael Montagnani. Wheel Lennon. Kia Rio Hitati, is quite good. Harold Hatchback <laughs> from Ross Duncan. <laughs> uh, Datsun Maeda as well. Uh, Queen's Car Park from Ricky. That's what? where they play their football now. Yeah, it is. Uh, pretty In much. the car park. Uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhers. Oh. It's quite good. Uh, Nacho Nova. Strand rear wheel drive <laughs> from Sam McElwain, uh, Craig White Van Man, Audi A6 Aberdeen Nil <laughs> from Stuart Rankin, uh, Kyogo Furu Hatchback, uh, Bertie Volkswagen, 
<laughs> from John Lennox that's very good uh, Morris Mal passenger seat from Stuart Club Deck Loyal uh, Danny McGrain Drover Michael Beal MW <laughs> from the Tartan Cyclist a lot of you uh, we also have Glenn Speed Camara Camara Speed Camara yeah not bad that's not a car though I know, but you know, you would. It's uh, not a car. I'm not allowing it. Okay, fair enough. Who, who gave you that one? That is Hey RFC. Rethink your life, mate. Uh, <laughs> Marianne Black Cabrera. Eh? You know Marianne Cabra- Cabraya, the no. hips player? Eh? All right, okay. Is he st- oh, yeah, he played against Hearts. He uh, did, I. Jerry Taylor says, uh, Chitty Chitty Fan Fan. <laughs> <laughs> Chitty Chitty Fan Fan Jean-Pierre Fan Fan Remember him he played Oh the yes, yes. <laughs> Chitty Chitty Fan Fan um, Mercedes Jens Loads of people saying that uh, John McIndicator <laughs> 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 That's from George Burns you. Uh, Davy Gear, of course uh, <laughs> Jean-Alaine Vroom Song <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, Neil McGann it's, it's quite good That's from JD Well done I actually drove a McGann from, what's that airport at the top of France? Is it Bougelet? I've got no idea. It's not Bougelet, that's a wine. I've got no idea. It begins with a B. Is this a shit story, Ian? No, I've only driven a McGann once in my life, and you just mentioned it there, and it just reminded me of driving from an airport in Beaujolais? 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 No, not Beaujolais. What's what's the French? Is is the point of this story the, the... the only time you've driven a McGann. Is that it? Yeah, but I want to know the name <laughs> of the airport. Right, well, we'll get to that in just a wee second. What's Let's... the name of the airport in France? It's not Jean, Jean, the, the, the Charles de Gaulle. It's the other one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's north. more than two I, airports I, in France. I flew from Glasgow to somewhere in the north of France. It was it was, it was was a wee airport and I had to get them at McGann and drive it to my... I've, I've honestly got a life to get on with, so I, I need to... I Find an airport. Phone. I will do uh, once I've done these. Intern uh, Cal, go and Google um, French airports and shout them out to me. Ki Sang Yong uh, from Hoofhearted. Mixu Pitta in the Garage from Ian Milne. <laughs> That's uh, not a car, though. But you'd put your car in the garage. Uh, Paul Lamborghini from Mix67. Don Clutchison. From Sam Miller. That's I think good. that's very good. Well done, yeah. Don Clutchison. Eric Fiatchenko. Not bad. Uh, jump start of Midlothian. <laughs> from Jamie. Uh, Raskin Martin. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Kieran Tyrney. Mm. Ollie McBurnout. That's from Annie's Land. Do we buy any car? <laughs> <laughs> from Macbeth. Uh, Greg Trailer from Willie Innes. Uh, we've got Alan Power Steering. Giza Tony Mowbray uh, from Scott0148. And Andy Corsadine. Victor Van Yama. Gordon Greer View Mirror from Andrew Edward. Who's the winner this week? I do like Do We Buy Any Car, but I think I'm going to go with Clutchison. Uh, Don Clutchison, well done, Sam Miller. You have won this week if Scottish football were. And next week, we are looking for your suggestions for if Scottish football were a farm. Okay? Go on, give some examples. The Harry Ragricultures. The what? Ragricult. Harry Rags. Who's Harry? The Harry Rags. What's what's ragricultures? Rowan Bovine. Bovine. Who's Rowan Bovine? Rowan. Oh, Rowan Vine. Oh, Bovine's a pig. Yeah. Slurry it in the top (laughs) bin. Slurry it in the top bin. I want to high five you. That's a good one. Uh, 
<laughs> VA artificial insemination. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan Combine Harvester. <laughs> Come on. You'll miss those. Keep your eyes on our Twitter page at BigFootballScott for the next Photoshop picture that you can leave your suggestions. What's the name of the French airport that was at? Can you find out, Callum? Shout out some airports to me. Be at it. Nah. No, that's at the bottom. That's, I mean... Brest. No, not Brest. Bastia. Nah. There's lots of airports that begin with letter B. Bergerac. That's a TV show. (laughs) Uh, That's the only international airport. Nah, there's another airport. It's a tiny airport. It's Beaujolais, not Beaujolais. It's, not, it's a fucking wine, honestly. Oh, somebody needs to find this airport because somebody. It was a wee airport, and then when I came out, there was a McGann waiting for me to drive to my holiday park. Beauvais. Beauvais. <laughs> That's it. How did you not find this? It's Beauvais. I googled Paris airports, and it was the third one that came up. Thank you, Beauvais. And it's, a, it's a wee airport north of Paris. So I got a McGann, and I put my family in it, and I drove. Right, this has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you as always, you and Cameron. I'm only saying that because it's written down in front of me. Thank you so much, and well done to Scotland winning the Calcutta Cup against England at Twickenham 29 23. What a brilliant day for Scotland. (sighs) This has been the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Thank you as always, you and Cameron. And thank you to you for listening as well. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on whichever podcast provider you use so you don't miss a podcast and keep an eye on our socials for a Scottish football weather farm. And we'll be back next week at the usual time with another brand new episode of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Bye-bye. Seriously, let's talk about the rugby. But seriously, fuck off you. (laughs) 